Hi everyone and welcome back to The Business Edge. I'll be your host, Erin Blake. In this episode, George Garcia, alumnus of the Feliciano School of Business and co-founder of WePaste, will be discussing the tech and startup industry. George, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. And let's get started. Thank you for having me here today on the Business Edge podcast. I'm really excited to talk about startups in the tech industry as a whole. Being an alumnus of the Feliciano School of Business, it's really special for me to come back and be able to be on their podcast. So thank you for this opportunity. My business, WePace, was founded out of the Entrepreneurship Center, and we were actually funded through the pitch competition that the Center for Entrepreneurship holds. And it was a really special experience and a really great time, and I'm so happy to um, come back and, and share what I've learned since then um, and share my insight on the industry and, and some of the things that are going on there. I'm here to talk about startups and tech as a whole. And more specifically, I'm going to talk about some of the IPOs that we're seeing lately. I'm going to talk about some of the startup trends that are happening right now. I'm going to talk about privacy and tech and government, which is a really big hot button issue right now. And then I'm just going to talk a little bit about the New Jersey startup scene as well. So I'll just get right into it with the IPOs. We actually have a big IPO today in Slack that is listing through a direct listing as we speak. Um, Slack, as many people know, is a workplace messaging platform that is essentially trying to make email a thing of the past. So actually Slack is a special IPO for me because my team uses Slack and it's really a product that's used in startups all over the world right now. It's, it's basically an essential. It's as essential as Gmail is or as QuickBooks is, um, or, or even as, you know, Photoshop and Illustrator. It's really um, something that businesses can't really function without today. Slack makes it so easy to just instantly communicate with your team. And that's why I think it's going to be a successful IPO and it's going to be a successful stock in the next few years. Um, Slack is transforming the workplace in a fundamental way. The CEO wants to eliminate emails from the way that we do business. And, and I think that's a really awesome goal. And I'm excited to see Slack progress. It's really funny that you brought that up because right before you came in and we started you know, this podcast and discussion, I just signed up to create my own Slack account. So I am interested in, you know, creating different groups, I guess it is. And you could correct me if I'm wrong, but like for a podcast group so I can chat with, you know, my coworkers. So how do you use it for WePaste? Yeah, it's really interesting. The the teams and the channels that you can create are are really just they're they're good for both operational stuff and they're good for culture building as well. I think, you know, that's a good point, the podcast one, and maybe you'll have, you know, a video one or something like that. We have some of our most used ones are just a general chat. Um, we have a daily team talk where we just share daily updates and, and weekly updates. We have a, a reading one if, if a teammate reads something and wants to share it with the team. Really, the possibilities are endless, and, and it really just points to how good of a product Slack is. It's so wide-ranging, and, and you can use it. So, so simply, it connects to your phone and, and it has integration with Google Drive and all these things. I'm really big on the Slack IPO. Oh, I look forward to using it. Um, some other IPOs that we've seen lately, obviously Uber and Lyft, those are some of the, uh, some, some of the, the biggest of the year that people had their eyes on. Uber is now a $80 billion plus company um, after IPO, and we know the struggles that they've had since IPOing and, and Lyft as well. Um, there's big questions about their financial stability. And that's something that I think points to a larger trend in the IPO um, world right now and, and the startup world of 
these huge valuations coming into the stock market and people saying, okay, where are the numbers to back it up? Um, my personal thoughts on, on that is I, I think that in the long run, that those IPOs may actually hurt smaller startups and it may prevent us from getting money and going and seeking funds in the future. Something to keep an eye on. I don't think that um, you know the money's not going to dry up immediately. There's always going to be money there for startups to, to find and to, to get funded. Uh, but I think the more we see the Ubers and the Lyfts um, and, and even the Snapchats of, of the past, I, I think we're going to start to see that trend happen a little more where it just pumps up, uh, you know, before the listing and then it, and then it just hits the ground after that. Um, I think something that's really interesting too in the world of IPOs, not necessarily in the NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange, um, but I was reading up recently a few weeks ago, there was a new stock exchange um, that got approved for doing business. I believe it was in San Francisco or out somewhere in California where it's made for startups to really go public. It's made for those companies who are maybe struggling a little financially, but have a really strong long-term vision to come and participate in and to get investors who are who, who see that long-term vision and who care about the, the company's mission and, and the, the work that they're doing. So I, I think that we're in a really interesting place with the IPOs and startups and startups going public. Um, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Um, aside from Uber and Lyft and Slack, we had some other big ones this year. Beyond Meat um, was was a really strong one. Um, and then later in the year, we're potentially going to see Peloton and we're going to see WeWork go public, which are um, some some really uh, interesting products and services there. As we know, WeWork is a huge company right now. Um, they're burning money like crazy, but they're growing like crazy. And um, they're the name in co-working. So that'll be an interesting one. Peloton, people love their Pelotons. Um, you know, we know, we, we know uh, the, the advocates out there for Peloton are, are really strong, just like Tesla advocates and Apple fans and advocates. Um, Peloton has that same, that same army working for them. So that'll be an interesting one to see. Do you think that Peloton and WeWork will get to the same level as like a Tesla or an Apple? Uh, you know, I think it remains to be seen. Um, I think, you know, the, they're always going to have, just like Tesla, they're going to have those financial issues. They're always going to be burning through cash. Um, what I think Peloton both and Pel- Peloton and WeWork both um, have going for them is that they are creating kind of an ecosystem of products and an ecosystem of services. So Peloton, they're doing the treadmill and the bike, and I, I believe they're expanding, you know, their live classes and, and the connectivity. So, you know, creating that ecosystem like like Apple has with the iMessage and the FaceTime, I, I think that's a model that um, if they follow, they'll, they'll be safe. I, I think WeWork is doing the same thing. Now they're um, doing We Live and they're doing schools for, for younger children that are um, you know, non-traditional learning experiences. So building that culture and, and that ecosystem, I think it, it, it really builds strong brands and it pays dividends down the line because your business isn't only co-working and it's not only a bike and it's not only ride sharing or it's not only, you know, inter-business messaging or, you know, community messaging, whatever uh, you call it. Uh, building that ecosystem is a really big deal. I think that's really well said because we see with Apple right now, and I'm sure you've seen in the news, they're getting rid of, what is it, iTunes, mm-hmm. right? And yep. you want to touch upon that? Yeah. Apple getting rid of iTunes is an interesting one. I, I, I have to put my cards on the table. I'm a big Apple fanboy. I got my Apple Watch. I got my iPhone. I got my MacBook. I got my AirPods. 
Um, I love Apple products, um, so I am a little biased, but I, I think that they've they're they're the gold standard in creating that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, they did it first with their products, um, with the at, you know all the products I just listed. They all work together seamlessly, and then now they're doing it with the services. They did it with iMessage and FaceTime, and they they you know did. Some, some things that you can only do with iPhone, you know, creating that ecosystem. But now they're doing it on another scale with services with the News Plus um, subscription model. They're doing the Apple TV subscription model. They're doing Apple Gaming subscription. So it all points back to that. How quickly can how quickly and how vastly can we make our ecosystem and how many um, devices and, and how many different niches can we get into and, and really tie them all together in, in one offering. Just, just like a quick thing on also mergers and acquisitions. We've seen some big M&A recently. Um, Tableau, I believe, was bought by Salesforce, which is a big deal. Um, and then also Drive AI was just bought last week by Apple. I think we're seeing a lot of, um, I think there's three main areas where we're seeing some, some mergers and acquisitions. One of them being the data side of things with Tableau. Um, one of them being the AI side of things with Drive AI, but also another being the audio side of things. So with the podcasting, you see Gimlet and um, Anchor, you know, Spotify's investing heavily, heavily, heavily in podcasts. Um, Apple's obviously been killing it with their podcast offerings. Um, recently, I just, you know, was reading some speculative articles recently saying, you know, I, it's not too unlikely that in the future, Apple has exclusive podcasts, just like Netflix has exclusive series. Um so I, I think we have a lot of interesting trends coming up. And, and also one of the bigger trends that I, I wasn't even planning on talking about today, but it came up yesterday is Facebook launching its own cryptocurrency. You know, the blockchain and crypto is a huge deal. And, and I think that I was actually talking to my, my friend Sam last night. Shout out to Sam if he's listening. Uh, we were on Fortnite last night and we were just talking about um, Facebook's new cryptocurrency and, and it's called Libra. And, and we think that is going to be the cryptocurrency that brings crypto transactions to the mainstream. Facebook's, Facebook is is launching it along with 15 to 20 other large companies. Um, they have some backing from some large, really famous, fabled VCs. Um, so, you know, if, if anybody can do it and if, if anybody can reach those 1.7 billion unbanked people in the world, um, I would say would be Facebook because those people are probably using Facebook or they're using Instagram or they're using WhatsApp. So um, I, I think there's a lot of really interesting and exciting trends in the startup and tech world right now. My next topic is going to be tech and government. Um, we know that uh, tech tech is under a big, big spotlight right now um, on Capitol Hill and in Congress doing all these different hearings on, on different topics. And, and even um, with the upcoming elections, we've even seen some Democratic presidential candidates calling for the breakup of some of the big tech companies like Google and Facebooks of the world. Um, and, and I think we're in a really interesting spot um, with that tech and government um, relationship. And I think that whatever decisions are, are being made now and are being made on, on Capitol Hill and whatever hearings are being held, um, they're really consequential. And I think that we want to make sure that we are fostering that culture of innovation and fostering those market-driven solutions rather than just regulating things. Um, You know, Google is so strong because Google has done a great job through search and through creating other really good products through through the years and, and, you know, Facebook as well. Um, I I will say, however, though, you know, they they do have to 
button up their stuff with, on the privacy side of things. Um, we can't have another election hacking, and we can't, you know, ha- have people's data being breached with the amounts, vast amounts of data that we have out there. Uh, but also on the other side of things, you know, consumers as well need to know what data they're sharing and, and make sure that they know their privacy settings. Um, I would say Google and Facebook try to do a really good job, and, and I'm just picking on those two just because they're the two biggest right now, but they try to do a really good job of being upfront about what data they have, but it's up to consumers um, to really understand that and make sure that they know what they're sharing and, and who they're sharing with, uh, where they're being tracked. And then maybe we won't have these problems where the these big American companies have to get shut down or have to get broken up because of privacy issues. I certainly would not be an advocate of breaking up big tech. I I think that they do a lot of good. They foster a lot of innovation and um, as many, you know, for for every one Google out there, there's 10 other, I mean, there's probably a thousand other startups out there trying to take them down and trying to work on the same products and beat them at it and and potentially even even are doing it. I, I mean, Gmail is Google's number one product right now, but you see startups like Superhuman um, trying to rethink email. And then you see the slacks, like we talked about before, just trying to wipe Gmail off the map. So I I think it's really interesting. Um, I'm a big advocate of the market-driven solutions to these privacy things. You know, if you don't like um, the way that Google and Facebook are are handling their privacy uh, or handling your data and and handling, um, you know, everything that they have on you, just don't use the services. You can untie those from your browser. I, I know it's probably a little tougher to untie Google from your digital life because they're everywhere and they're ad tracking everywhere. But there are alternatives, and, and I think that um, the the I would say renaissance of big tech should come from consumers and it should come from users rather than from the government. And then my last topic would really just kind of be the New Jersey startup scene. So being a, a startup in New Jersey, um, I guess I'm in a unique place to, to talk about this. Um, and also being a part of one of the handful of entrepreneurship centers in New Jersey, um, I've really gotten to see an inside look at, at New Jersey startups and, and really meet some cool people around here. Um, I would say that, you know, this isn't the state of the union, but I would say the state of New Jersey startups, I think, I think it's getting stronger. Um, I think for years our innovation was lacking over here, but I would say that um, in the past year, year and a half, you've really started to see it pick up with a lot of these tech meetups, Morris Tech Meetup and NJ Tech Meetup and NJ Tech Council and Propelify Festival, a lot of a lot of really good events happening around here right now um, where there's entrepreneurs and founders coming from all over the state and out of state coming into New Jersey to share what they're working on. Um, I, and I think that um, e- even this current administration, I think, has done a really good job um, in, in New Jersey of, of creating economic opportunities for startups through the Covest Fund, through the Economic Development Authority. Um, there's a lot of co-working spaces out there right now popping up all over the place in New Jersey. Um, you know, Newark Venture Partners is doing some really good things over here. I, I believe they actually just had an exit recently. Um, one of their one of their portfolio companies, Bowtie. Um, I saw that come across that they had an exit. So I think there's a lot of good things happening in New Jersey. Um, New Jersey is never going to be Silicon Valley. It's never going to be New York City, Silicon Alley. Um, it's just going to be New Jersey. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity here for startups, especially with the help in the health and 
biotech and biopharma, all that kind of stuff. I think there's a lot of opportunity. So I'm, I'm bullish on the New Jersey startup scene. So if our listeners are looking to form their own entrepreneurial mindset, what would you recommend that they start looking at or joining? You know, we're living in a time where there's so many resources out there where anybody can be an entrepreneur, anybody can be a founder. I would say go go on meetup.com, just sign up for some tech meetups, go and meet some people. You may find your next co-founder. You may share an idea with somebody who is working on something similar. You may find an opportunity there. I would also say make sure that you're constantly learning and, and keeping up on the news um, of what's going on in the startup world. One of my favorite methods to do that is just through daily newsletters. I get these daily newsletters from um, Axios and I get one from Owler, as it's called, and then Crunchbase. You know, there's so many there's so many sources of information out there and they all have their own take and their own spin on things and it's really nice to get a, a good, wide, diverse view of what's going on in the startup world and tech world. Um, make sure that you're doing your own research too. Um, if somebody's, you know, I talked about Slack and, you know, I talked about uh, Spotify and I talked about the Covest Fund and Google and the calls to break up big tech. Go do your own research on that stuff. I, I think that there's so much information and there's so much to be had out there. Uh, and, and I think too, on top of that, there's a lot of opportunity there um, in starting your own business. I think, I think there's so many opportunities to get involved. And I think a big part of it too is just not being afraid to take a chance. Mm-hmm. And you know what that's like. So do you want to touch upon that a little bit? Yeah, I think like take, taking a chance is it's it's a, it's part of that entrepreneurial mindset, and it's part of forming it. And, and I really think it's that it's the first step into forming an entrepreneurial mindset. Just taking that step into whether it's taking that class or or it's you know going and shaking that person's hand across the room at the at the tech meetup, or it's going down to uh, the entrepreneurship center down here at Montclair State, like I did, and just talking to them um, for a few minutes and, and seeing what you can learn. Uh, I think just. having the confidence in yourself to take that next step and whether it's a confidence in yourself or it's in an idea or it's in in your co-founders or teammates or or just maybe you know hey you know i want to meet someone new Um, taking that step is just a really big big thing um and you're not going to get out anywhere without taking that first step so i encourage you all to take that first step is there any other advice that you'd like to give our listeners who are looking to become the next big entrepreneur well, if, if there's advice on becoming the next big <laughs> entrepreneur, I would be looking for that advice. But uh, for j- just for all the entrepreneurs out there, um, I, I would just echo that same thing. Take that opportunity. Um, don't don't say no. Um, just say yes as often as you can. Um, I, I, I'm on this podcast because uh, Feliciano School of Business posted an Instagram post and I said, how can I get involved? And now I'm here talking to you guys. So take that next step, go where people won't, and uh, you'll do just fine. George, thank you so much for being here today, and congratulations on your recent graduation. Thank you. We wish you the best of luck, and especially with Wheat Pace, we look forward to seeing where you're going to go with that. Great things ahead. So that's it for today's episode, and I hope you enjoyed the topic. As always, please email your topics of interest to FelicianoBiz at Montclair.edu or message us on social media. New discussions will be released soon, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. The Business Edge is brought to you by the Feliciano School of Business at Montclair State University. Until next time, I'm Erin Blake, and thank you for listening.